Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about how your house fits into your retirement plan and whether or not rental property fits into your retirement plan. It's a question we get a lot of times in our offices, so that's what we'll discuss today on the My Retirement Clarity Podcast. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Well, glad to have you back on My Retirement Clarity. This podcast, we're, we're looking to set you up for retirement, making the path to retirement clear for you. And today, I'm excited to do that by talking about your house and how that fits into your retirement plan. And it's perfect because Lee, and I welcome on Lee Perkins, owner and financial advisor at JL Perkins Wealth Management. Lee, this is perfect because you had the opportunity recently to talk to a client about this exact topic. Yeah, Ben, I've had a lot of folks recently, but specifically one that came in about two weeks ago, asking a very similar question that that everybody asks is, should I look into possibly buying a rental property to kind of help supplement their income uh, in retirement? And so that digs into, you know, we, we had to drill down deep to get into that because the the lure of rental income is out there. It's it's real. There's a lot of people that that get publications on how to how to do that and how you can you know, become a real estate millionaire. There's some pitfalls that you have to be careful, you know, you got to look out for. It can be a good thing for some people, but for a lot of people, it may be something that you want to kind of pump the brakes on, do a little bit more research before you jump into that. And and so for this, this particular client, we walked through it and we determined that, hey, in their situation, it wasn't going to accomplish what they were what they wanted it to do so we'll dig into a little bit of that those kind of issues on today's show but i thought i would just share that just know folks that real estate or rental income it's not for everybody it could be for you but it's not for everybody yeah so that's the goal of the podcast we're going to go through a number of different ways your house fits into your retirement and financial plan and as lee mentioned rental income is a part of that conversation so we'll get to that here in just a minute lee also remind everyone that's listening you have an opportunity as a, as a podcast listener, to text you Diffuse to get your Ticking Tax Time Bomb Toolkit. Can you tell them what that offer a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So, so we got a, a book that we've written, that we've co-authored it with a, with a buddy of mine. It's called Diffuse, and it's seven ways to basically protect yourself against increasing taxes in the future. And so all you have to do is text the word Diffuse to 474747, and you'll get a reply message back. Just put in your address, a, a good shipping address, and we'll we'll mail out that book to you for free. Um, it's a great read. only takes about an hour and a half, and there's some really interesting uh, strategies that you can implement. You can either do them on your own or reach out to us, and, of course, we'll be ha- happy to uh, help walk you through which ones may be applicable in your situation. So, yeah, just text the word Diffuse to 474747, and we'll get that out to you. Perfect. You can also find Lee online at MyRetirementClarity.com, and you can also schedule a meeting with Lee as well. Just go to TalkWithLee.com. Before we get into our show, Lee, on our main topic, I want to throw a headline at you and get your reaction to some news as we try to 
at least stay relevant uh, from time to time along with bigger, broader topics in retirement planning. But the headline I picked out today, uh, I don't know if people are paying attention to this, but ExxonMobil was recently replaced by Salesforce as part of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. You know, Exxon has been part of the Dow since 1928, almost 100 years. Imagine trying to explain someone from 1928, trying to explain to them what Salesforce actually does. Wow, that, that's, a, that's a really neat concept there. So when you think about the Dow, that's kind of the market that people look at. You know, is the Dow going to break 20,000? And then when it did that, is it going to get to 30,000? That's kind of the, the index that most people look at. But what's important to know is the Dow is really only made up of 30 companies. And so when one of those companies drops off and they replace it with another one, it's sort of a big deal. So what you said, Ben, with Exxon dropping off and Salesforce replacing them, Salesforce is, it is a mammoth company. It, it is huge. What they are is a company that does CRM. It's a CRM software company, and that stands for Customer Relationship Management. It's just a software that's sort of a database type thing. We use it in our office. We sort of have a, a love-hate relationship with Salesforce because they're <laughs> such a large company. I don't know how I could explain it to somebody that was around in, in 1928 because software and the internet, none of that existed. But yeah. to me, really, I would explain Salesforce as kind of like a Jeep. I've got a Jeep that, that I drove for many years and, and my son drives it now. But with a Jeep, you can add anything to it. You can bolt this on, add this, and make that Jeep whatever you want it to be. That's a lot like hmm. what Salesforce is as a software. It'll do a, a thousand different things. And it's, it's a big enough company to where replacing Exxon with Salesforce probably makes sense because that's more indicative of what's uh, what's going on in our world right now. It's it's software, computers, things like that. Yeah, and it's it's just you know it's it's a sign of the times. We're we're making more of a move to technology, and you know oil and 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 these in the energy sector is changing as well. So you know it's a bit of a, a bit of a bigger story. I think I don't think I got a ton of headlines, at least for the common uh, investor. I mean, anybody that's paying attention to the Dow closely will know. But yeah, most people probably never even didn't hear it and they won't hear it when somebody else is replaced. Yeah, exactly. So interesting bit of news there to start the show. All right, let's jump into uh, my Retirement Clarity podcast with our main topic here today about the house. You know, we get a lot of questions about how your house or you know, for some cases, multiple houses, if you have them, fit into your retirement plan. So from downsizing to rental properties, interest rates, we're going to explore some of the top retirement questions today as it relates to all things housing. So let's start off with the one I think that's on top of mind for a lot of people right now, Lee, is you know with interest rates where they are, the question is, and this question is probably pretty common no matter where the interest rates are, but should I pay off the house as soon as possible right now? Or do I take advantage of these low rates, pay off the house a little bit slowly, but at least enjoy these rates where they are? Where do you stand on that? Yeah, so it, it kind of depends on the situation, in my opinion. It depends on a couple of things. What is somebody's current interest rate and how much longer do they owe on the house? Because what happens, I'll tell you just kind of real world application. People will come into my office and they say, hey, we only owe $60,000 on the house. Should I pay it off? Well, when I look at it, it might have originally been a $300,000 mortgage. They only owe fifty dollars or $60,000. They've got the money to pay it off. Sure, they could. But if you look at the amortization schedule, these last four or five years, 
you're paying very little interest. Most of your payment is going to principal, so there may not be as much upside to paying that house off as it would be to just continue making the payments for a couple of reasons. You got to look at your situation and is taking out a chunk of money out of your IRA to pay off the house, is that going to hurt you financially? What are the impacts that are going to, you know, how's that going to impact your situation going forward? And remember this, this is something, Ben, that people forget all the time. If you owe $50,000 on your house and you want to take money out of your IRA and pay that off, well, you can't make a $50,000 withdrawal. You're going to have to withdraw $65,000 or $70,000 because you've got to account for taxes. So if taking $70,000 out of your, your 401k, if that's going to hurt you long term, it may make sense just to continue to enjoy, um, you know, keep the money and, and make the payment. But I, I will tell you this, for a lot of people, it is a mental hurdle to overcome and they want to get rid of the payment. And if that's you and you got the money to do it, hey, I'm all for paying it off. Yeah. I mean, being debt free is a great thing no matter what. But that's a good point about the interest rate. I mean, by by the last few years, and, and I hate looking at that amortization schedule, it's, especially if you're early on in your mortgage, oh, it's yeah. not fun to look at. But that's a great point. I mean, you're not paying a ton of interest on the back end. So it might yeah. make sense to just keep paying that. Yeah. In your first payment. couple of years, if you've you know if you got a $1,500 house payment, when you look at that schedule, I mean, there is a <laughs> pile of that payment going to interest. And so you feel like you'll never get traction, but closer you get to the end of that time period, there's a lot of money going to principal. So yeah, just, yeah. just look at it and kind of assess your situation and see what's best for you. Hey there, sorry to interrupt the show, but I wanted to take just a minute to tell you about a new book I've written called Diffuse, how to protect your IRA or 401k from the IRS ticking tax time bomb. It's a really easy read and it gives you specific strategies that you can implement right now to be better prepared for increasing taxes. Now, we all know taxes are very likely to increase in the future. And with all the recent stimulus packages, I believe that even more. So I'm making this book available to you, the listener of the show. So here's how you get it. Just text the word DEFUSE to 474747. Give us a good mailing address and we'll send it right out. I'll even pick up the shipping cost. Again, just text the word DIFFUSE to 474747 and get your copy today. Now back to the show. All right. The other, uh, another question that people have quite often as they get close to retirement is, does it make sense to downsize to a smaller home? And they might, they might be thinking, Hey, I've got too much house. You know, the kids aren't living here. I, I don't want to keep up with this much. Or it could be on, you know, going back to that first question, it could be a, a matter of getting a smaller home and paying off the house and, and having that extra cash. Is it wise, do you think, to downsize to a smaller home in retirement? Again, I think this is a personal preference. In my opinion, I think it does for a lot of reasons. Number one, there's no reason for a married couple who are empty nesters, kids have gone away, really not a whole lot of reason for you to have a, a huge house with tons of extra bedrooms. Now, I understand that, that people want to have a place for their kids to come back to if they're visiting. But as I talk to more and more people, it's very rare that you know, your child and their spouse and their children are going to come and stay with you for days and days at a time. It just doesn't happen that often. When I think about downsizing, the downsizing that I see with my clients is people going from a two-story house to a one-story house. 
And to me, I think that's a that is a better reason to to downsize. Maybe you go to some type of townhouse or something like that. You don't really want to deal with stairs as you age. Um, I fell down the stairs. I'm 50 now. I fell down the stairs probably when I was about 43. I just had socks on at the top of the stairs and yeah. those carpeted stairs. And man, I went from the top to the bottom of those oh, stairs man. in about a second and a half. And mm. and really, it was like I was sliding to third base. I just when I got to the bottom, I popped right up. And Pam came running. She said, "What was that noise?" I said, "I just fell down the stairs." That would be a totally different conversation if I was seventy years old and fell down those stairs. Right. So, in my opinion, I think it does make sense to downsize to a smaller home. But a lot of people like like to have a big house, and I, I think the older people get, the less important that becomes. All right. Let's talk now about rental properties. We we. Reference this in the open of the show about how you worked with a client recently on, on this exact topic. But you know, a lot of people consider rental properties as they're trying to figure out where they're going to have income in retirement. This is an option that a lot of people choose. Um, do you think it's a good idea for creating income? The main thing to me, the main factor to consider if you're looking at possibly buying rental properties to generate rental income is going to be who's going to manage that property. Is it going to be you? Or are you going to pay a management company to do that? If you're going to pay a management company to do it, you got to be aware that they are going to take a certain percentage of that rental income every month. And then you have to determine if what's left over is worth it. So I would tell you probably 60% of the people that I run into choose to use a rental company if or a management company. If, if I had a rental property, I would absolutely use a rental company. Because I don't want somebody calling me in the middle of the night telling me that the air conditioner is not working or the refrigerator went out or whatever it is. So, so that's the other thing. If you're not going to hire a rental company or management company to do it, who's going to do the repairs? Now, if you're that person, then you've got to consider everything that comes along with those kind of calls. So you got to take into consideration how far is that rental property or rental properties from where you currently live? Because the last thing you want to do is have a rental property two hours away and somebody call you on a, you know, on a Sunday afternoon and tell you that their air conditioner is out and then you've got to go there and do it. To me, that defeats the whole purpose. And when you factor in your time and energy and, and efforts and all that, your rental income is really going to be cut down more than you probably think that it is. But hey, some people enjoy doing that. They say it keeps them young. But for me, I, I don't want people calling me when, when something goes wrong with the house. So I, I would, t and here's the, been the final advice that I give somebody that's considering okay. rental property. I would say talk to 10 people that are doing it. But I would tell you to talk to five people that it's working for. It's working for them. They're, they've had a good experience with it and spend as much time talking to them as possible about what they're doing. But then I would tell you to talk to five people that did it and it didn't work out. Find out why it didn't work, what they liked about it, but more importantly, what they hated about it. Then after you talk to, the, to those 10 people, then you've got enough information to make your decision. So that's, that's advice that not very many people will take me up on, but I think that's the best rental property advice I can give somebody. Yeah, that's great advice. All right, last one here on the house. We talk about real estate when it relates to estate planning and legacy planning. What kind of complications do people need to consider 
when they're thinking about, you know, handing over real estate maybe in, as part of their estate plan? What I see is things aren't done properly on the front end and family members wind up arguing about property. That's generally the, the biggest pitfalls that I see. And that's really because people don't do enough on the front end to keep their beneficiaries or, or you know in, in the loop enough to know that, hey, when I pass away, this child is going to get the house that I live in. These two children are going to split the rental house or vice versa or whatever it is. All those kind of things become very convoluted and points of contention because inevitably you're going to have one kid that doesn't want to sell a property and one kid that does. One kid may want to continue the the rental income and then what do you do when there's not a renter in there and, and somebody wants to move into the house because that's what mom and dad would have want, wanted. Those are the problems that I see with somebody who has multiple properties. So my advice would be up front, get all that in writing so that every everybody involved in the situation knows how it's going to going to wind up at the end of the day when you pass away. Spell out how it's going to be transferred or is there going to be a liquidation process where in so many months after a tenant's given notice, we're going to sell this house, the proceeds are going to be split this way. Just be upfront, be honest with everybody and and I promise that uh, it will be a whole lot smoother than just you sticking your head in the sand and hope and just letting your kids deal with it because I've seen families torn apart over just minuscule amounts of money. And so when you you put a house that that may be worth, you know, $100,000 or 200 or $300,000 in the mix, people get crazy. <laughs> they really do. And you just don't want any part of that. Yeah, you don't want to at all. Well, if you want to discuss any of these items on in your retirement plan or how they fit into your retirement plan or you're considering maybe rental income or or how you're you're going to handle the estate planning side of these things. Lee has the opportunity to sit down with you. A complimentary meeting you offer uh, everyone, right, Lee? Yeah, yeah. They can, they can go to our website and, and click a link there to, to grab 15 minutes on my calendar. And basically what that call is is just for me to learn more about their situation and how I can help them. I do have people who will click that link and want to talk about what we've talked about today, which is is how does real estate fit into my overall planning or should it? And so I have that. I can have that conversation with you know folks that make want to discuss that. Again, that's a 10-minute, 15-minute phone call for us to just sort of learn a little bit about you and for me to determine if I think I can add value to you. And if I can, I certainly will uh, we'll do our best to try to set up a meeting, whether that's a meeting in our office or if it's a, a web meeting, a Zoom meeting. Our office is open. Uh, we've never really closed, and so we're we're open and people can come in and we'll be, be happy to sit down. And then at that point, if somebody comes in, we're going to dig deeper into their situation and, and make sure we can implement some things that will really sort of move the needle for them. Great. And you can set up that meeting at talkwithlee.com or you can visit us online at myretirementclarity.com. Either way, you can get to, to Lee and set up that meeting and and start beginning that that conversation and getting your plan in order. And Lee, again, before you get out of here, let's remind everyone too about your uh, Ticking Tax Time Bomb book offer. Yep. Yep. Just text the word DIFFUSE to 474747. And you'll get a free copy of that book. A lot of great tax strategies to prepare against the what I think is is going to be increasing taxes in the future. There's no question that that's going to happen sooner 
rather than later, especially with all the coronavirus stimulus money that, that's been thrown around. And I, I continue to hear that, that there's more coming. They're going to spend more money. So only way they're going to get that revenue is to increase taxes, in my opinion. So get that book, text the word diffuse to 474747, and we will ship that right out to you. Outstanding. Thanks for that, Lee. And thanks for going through this this conversation with us on the real estate and the house and how it fits in, because it's a huge asset for so many people. So we want to make sure you treat it correctly. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to My Retirement Clarity. I am Ben George. He's Lee Perkins. We will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Investment advisory services are offered by J.L. Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.